North Side Story, the weekly podcast hosted by none other than Jake Baki and Blake Miller. Uh, you're listening to me first only because what I just said, the word first, as in first place at the mountaintop. I am firmly planted there in my lawn chair. My flag is planted. Got a nice blanket, you know, cooking up some nice food, maybe some hot cocoa. I don't see anybody taking me down the rest of the season. So while you guys are all trying to chase me the entire season, I'll be up there. I'm just enjoying nice and easy first place. Welcoming in our other uh, host here, Blake Miller. Blake Miller, how's it? I feel, what are you now in? Uh, third, fourth place? I Ooh, I think... Uh, fourth place. I'm in How fourth place, feel? really? Yeah. It's I'm tied for second. That's all that matters. Um, had a down week. I only lost by three points. I'm, I like where my team's at. I like where my team's at. You you, you got to go week by week. And you know what they always say, first the worst, second the best. So I'm looking for second place. Yeah, I uh, was actually, really quick, yeah, I, was, I was looking. Uh, you know, we talk about projections all the time based off of uh, matchups and whatnot. I'm looking at the final standing projections. So I, as as we know, Phil Okamoto number 10 has not moved since the very first day of the Dead draft. weight anchor. The exact same. For some reason, uh, you moved up after a loss three spots. So I don't know if that's perhaps, I mean, we'll dive into the our breakdowns of each matchup, but perhaps they were surprised of maybe like a Nick Chubb or, a, you know, someone going off for your team last week. Um, but, you know, we'll get into our matchup regarding your decisions that you made that lost you the week. But, uh, you know. It is what it is. It sounds like my team's just a bunch of fighters. They don't give up after a week two loss. But uh, yeah, this episode, let's go over what we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. We're going to be going over um, some of the ups and downs from each team. So as you mentioned, I want to we want to go over the the booms, the mm-hmm. bust for each individual team, and then we're going to move into our favorite segment. Is we just go through the NFL the fantasy implications of what happened in week two with Mm -hmm. our three ups and our three downs. And it's going to be a super exciting episode. Before we dive into that, um, I want to get some people, some other people on this pod. I want to do an interview. I want to get a team in here. Do you have anyone in in particular you want to shout out? As, as everyone knows in this podcast, um, you know, the, the tripod, the us two and Phil Okamoto have been together, you know, going to sporting events, playing on hockey teams, doing things together throughout the years. It would be great to get Phil on here. Um, He just needs to let us know when his uh, schedule is open. So I would like to have him first as a guest. We can talk about the Cowboys and their weird start to the season. And, of course, his uh, his 0-2 team, which I I don't – it's rough. Rough start for Phil. It's pretty bleak. It's pretty bleak. Yeah. Well – uh, Phil, you heard it here first. We want you on the pod. Let's schedule it up. Let's get you on here. Maybe you can take a break from feeding those cats of yours and you can uh, join the big boys. So let's go. Let's dive in. Let's dive into this episode. Let's, let's get started go. here. to the matchup quarterback sneaks against the official boys this was our biggest blowout of the week uh what is that let me do some quick math here 55 point blowout 
by a Shane against Brian. Uh, looking at the teams, we have one boom, one bust for a Shane. Um, I know Blake has been talking a lot of trash about this player over the course of early on in the season, but Jalen Hurts tonight, and that offense looked amazing. Now, Minnesota's defense looked pretty damn good against Aaron Rodgers, but with Jalen Hurts coming in, having two rushing touchdowns, he had a bomb to Quez Watkins. So he finished up 26 of 31, 331 touchdowns, sorry, 333 yards, a touchdown. He did throw a pick but he had 57 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So that's good for 35 points. So an amazing job by Jalen Hurts. One down for me, looking at his squad, uh, James Conner. Um, he got hurt early on in the game, only had six points. So luckily, with as far as the uh, scoring, didn't matter too much. However, I do think that that could be an issue going forward. Uh, Machine's team is kind of weak on the running back Um the running backs on his team. So he's going to have to look for someone like Cordero or Naeem Hines to sub in possibly for James Conner. Don't think it's a long-term thing for James, but uh, definitely be looking out for that. Now we head over to the official boys and I don't really see anyone on the team that had a boom performance. I think, uh, I think Brian is probably very disappointed you know what? I would say maybe the only one is Miles Sanders. Uh, he had 10 points tonight. He didn't really do too much, but he did have 17 carries for 80 yards, caught a couple passes. Um, so perhaps, you know, if he would have gotten in the end zone, that's, you know, 16 points. But um, And then busts, I mean, across the board, uh, it's kind of a bummer that Jerry Judy got hurt. He looked so good in that first game in wide open space. Um, Rashad Penny only had a point and a half. Um, DK five points. I think that Niners defense is pretty good. Um, but everyone across the board, Kamara did uh, was out for this week, so he had to to bench him. But not a good showing by the official boys. And I think oh, I take that back. I was about to say in, in a in a bad start for Brian, but you know he is one and one. Um, but I'm not sure if this team long term can can really bring it. So uh, Shane gets in the win column, uh, winner by 55 points. I do like his team going forward. I think he's got some good bench spots like Garrett Wilson that can uh, that can be used in, when the bye weeks start coming up. So look for a Shane's team to be on the up and up. This may not be the matchup of the week, but this was my favorite matchup of the week. Uh, my favorite team in the league, Steph's team versus the worst team, Trace team. Steph's team absolutely rolled. I look at her team. Uh, one boom is obviously Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was a phenom this Sunday. It was so fun watching him. That game in general against Miami was just an absolute gangbuster. And just Lamar Jackson just showed why he's your number one quarterback and why uh, he was such a value um, during this draft session. Her bus, even though she put up 155, which is ridiculous, I do see the running back uh, situation with a total combined 15 points. But I think with her team, you just set it and forget it with those two guys, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette low weeks john taylor had some weird usage in that game um not a lot of touches on the ground who's especially efficient nine carries 54 yards but i do worry about him only getting one reception in the game uh but you still you still you draft him number one you play him every single week but in a week where she rolled the league with 155 points having uh that minimum uh production in the running back room spells great for the depth that she has on her team and i look at trey's team boom we go right back to the Buffalo Bills uh, going into the week or going into this matchup and that Monday night, he was down by a lot. 
I was never really counting his team out, but to be able to pop on and see what his ending points were, having Josh Allen hitting 30 and that Buffalo Bills defense hitting 21, it's almost bankable, especially with that defense. The defense first two matchups, they really took advantage of Rams Rams miscues with uh, Stafford and and against the Tennessee Titans, which is an anemic offense this year. Derrick Henry hasn't really showed that punching power that he was expecting. Uh, Bills have taken advantage of their matchups, and so has uh, Trey and his team. I look at his bust. I don't know why Jarvis Landry is on that starting lineup. I think he got a little teased with that first week. Saw that uh, he went off, and I thought he, I would imagine that he thought he can put up a similar performance, but New Orleans is not a good offensive team this year with Alvin Kamara out. And um, James Wilson, uh, James Winston now has like 47 broken back, uh, broken bones in his back. It's not an offense I trust. And Jarvis Landry being probably this third option on that offense, fourth option, if everyone's healthy, that's not a player that I would be putting on in my starting lineup. I look for him to uh, maybe get some health back on his team. I know he doesn't have Keenan, so maybe that spot was a need for him. But maybe he may need to address it on the waiver wire because I look at Marvin Jones Jr. I'm not impressed with that. Maybe Godwin coming back next next week healthy. That can be that boom that uh, replacement that he can have. And I think with uh, the Mike Evans injury, Godwin healthy, that could be a huge boost to that wide receiver room in Trey's lineup. So Steph dominated. Move, finally gets one and one. Trey zero oh and two. Maybe he can trade one of his fourth quarterbacks he has on his lineup to fix it. Time to talk about the matchup of the week that we had. It was Rum Runners Ronnie B versus Show Me the Quan and Phil Okamoto squad. So Nick against Phil. This was actually, after doing my math, um, this was actually our biggest blowout of the week. So our matchup of the week happened to be the biggest blowout. And you can thank squarely two players on Nick's team. The I'm gonna we usually do one bust, but or sorry, one boom. But I have to talk about both of the booms on the squad. Aaron Jones absolutely dominated the Chicago Bears um, defense this week and just tore them up, up and down the field. Um, Had a bet for Aaron Rodgers over passing yards in that game, and it didn't hit solely because Aaron Jones was doing such a great job. Um, So Aaron Jones, huge with 30.5. And then Tyreek Hill, an absolute madman with 38.5 fantasy points. That game was absolutely insane. Blake touched on it in an earlier matchup that we talked about with Lamar and on the Bravens side and how Lamar had so many points. But Tyreek Hill, just it just seemed like he was running four verticals the entire game, and Tua just threw it up. Broken coverages across the board for the Ravens defense. So Tyreek Hill, those two players, an absolute boom for Nick. Uh, combined you know, almost combined for 70 points, which is close to what Phil put up this entire week. So uh, those two players, an amazing job. Busts, uh, one is Robbie Anderson. We touched on this last week. Uh, Both Blake and I kind of discussed how we don't know if you can really trust Robbie Anderson as your second wide receiver. Um, So I don't think going forward, I'd be surprised if we see Nick start Robbie Anderson again. Um, He would probably sit firmly on his bench, probably play Terry McLaurin in that spot and call up one of the uh, players on Nick's uh, bench, James Robinson. Um, I talked shit on Amari Cooper last week. Amari Cooper showed up, had a good game, uh, actually a really good game with 20.6 points. Now we head over to show me the Quan. To be honest, Phil needs to go back from, from zero to hero only because that record is going to stay at zero. I feel like for quite a while. Um, number one, boom has to be Stefan Diggs. Um, tonight he showed why he is, 
one of the best fantasy and just regular wide just performers in the NFL. So he had three touchdowns. He had uh, 150 plus yards. He had 150, 48 yards and 12 receptions. So just an absolute stud at the wide receiver position. And then we're looking at busts. I mean, poor Trey Lance. I do feel bad. I didn't think Trey Lance was going to be anything special this year. Felt like it kind of was a forced situation to where ownership GM kind of wanted him to play, but Kyle Shanahan wanted Jimmy G to play. Well, Jimmy G is going to be playing the rest of the season because Trey Lance is out for the rest of the season with a, uh, I believe it was a dislocated ankle or a fractured ankle um, to where he had to have surgery. So he's out the rest of the season. But Dalvin Cook also had a really bad game. Um, And then you look at his tight end spot. We gave Phil a lot of grief last week with Taysom Hill. Well, I don't know if he listened to this podcast, but he dropped him as soon as our podcast dropped. Dropped him. Robert Tunyon started for Phil and with a whopping 2.1. So Phil needs some help in the tight end spot. Phil, if you want, uh, send me a trade for Mark Andrews. Let's get something going. But this matchup was an absolute blowout. Phil looks um, uh, he's 0-2 to start the season off, um, which is never where you want to be. So perhaps some trades will get going. Uh, but Nick gets to 1-1. One one. Uh, finally gets a win, just like Aaron Rodgers this week. Moving right along, Phillips versus Team Mercier. Sam, you got the win. I need to see a new team name next week. Um, I can't keep going through this with your team. But I'm going to give you the win. You're moving to 2-0. and Phillips going to 1-1. One and one. Let's look at Sam's teams first. We look at the booms. I mean, the, it's the sun god. Amon Ross, St. Brown, 35 points. God, I miss Jared Goff on this Rams offense. When you get the, the Lions into a team where they're chucking the ball in almost like every play or they're they're behind, and something about Jared Goff can, can make a – make this his receivers active make some good fantasy uh, weapons and Amon Ross St. Brown is proving it uh ending last season six straight games 100 yards and a touchdown he is continuing that success late round pick too uh more than sixth round that's great but I look at the bus same team look at TJ Hawkinson now for tight ends tight ends is a very very sh- narrow shallow landscape this year if you look at the more of your bottom ends your top 10 top 12s it is bad so TJ Hawkinson was a little bit higher on uh, of what Sam drafted. Obviously, to try to get out of that murkiness, and it is disappointing seeing the type of performance that he put out. He had the targets, he had the chances, but just poor, bad drops. So hopefully, that can get rectified because the Lions Lions offense right now they're cooking. Um, there's fantasy points to be passed around, and hopefully, uh, TJ can get back in the mix. So I look at Phillips' team, the one boom. Man, it was a tough week for Phillips. If I had to give him a boom, I'm going to look right at I'm going to look at uh, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift came into the game uh, this week. He had that ankle injury. Was pretty unsure about his status during the game. He did not get a high volume count. He only had five carries, but man, he made sure to uh, carry that to a tune of 56 yards, about 11 yards per uh, 11 yards per carry, and that receiving touchdown. Uh, if you weren't watching the game, he caught the ball, fell down, got back up. You thought for sure he was going to get tackled, but um, he's got he's got talent. Swift's got talent, and you just got to get the ball in his hands, and he's going to produce like he did week one. And under limited re- limited chances this week, he did it again. Dalton Schultz, that's my bust. Same thing with TJ. Um, higher end, tight end. You almost thought that he had a good floor. First, we saw with Dak Prescott going down. We thought, okay, maybe Cooper Rush can maybe pick up – pick up the pace or pick up the need and 
maybe rely on that tight end spot. But now Dalton Schultz going down with an injury. Uh, looks like report that is a PCL injury. I'm no doctor. I don't know how much of a time frame that is, but that is scary. Uh, Phillips does have Cole Komet on the bench, but that offense is brutal. I think they had 11 pass attempts uh, last Sunday. So he's got to go to the waiver wire for a tight end or he rolls out Cole Komet, but that isn't going to be a big hole left behind on his team. So as I mentioned, Sam moving to 2-0. She's going to get a new team name this week. Excited for that. Bubble Buckers taking a step back, going 1-1. One one. All right. So we had our premier matchup of the week was uh, Phil against Nick. But we all know that when you get early on in the season, number one against number two, that really is the, the premier matchup of the week. So we had LA Bash Bros, number two team, due to points, taking on the cat. I'm not a big fan of, of the new team name. It's it's whatever. Yeah, I, I feel like you're more creative than just the cat. You know what? So, you I know, felt bad you're the, going you're into the cat. Owen, to start out with the cat, you are Owen one. So I would change it if I were you. I just I wanted to spice it up. I felt bad about Kyle the Creator 2.0. You did shame me on that. Listening to the podcast, listening it over again, and you're right. Um, lack of creative use, and and I think it's bleeding over to my roster. Yeah. So our boom and bust. I'll start with the boom first. I did say this last week. We both predicted that you were going to beat me. Uh, and I said solely because of one reason and one reason only. And that was Nick Chubb scoring touchdowns compared to Kareem Hunt, which Nick Chubb had three and Kareem Hunt had zero. So Nick Chubb with close to 31 points had a hell of a game. Um, you know, he he ran the ball all over the place against that Jets defense. So he is my one uh, boom for your team. Looking at your squad now, I I checked in on Saturday and I looked at a squad that looks completely different than it does right now. I saw Michael Thomas on the uh, the starting. Oh, you saw that? <laughs> I saw the Niners defense, I believe. Um, and so I was looking and I was like, all right, like I'm going to have to like watch out for these players. I wasn't sure about the Michael Thomas, but I was like, okay. And then come Sunday when I lo- loaded up the uh, fantasy, you know, around 10, 11 o'clock. Oh, he's got Brandon Cooks in. Oh, he's got the Bengals G. Okay, let's see how that plays out. Both of those matchups ended up hurting you in the back end. So my bust for the week is your decision making. Can I defend myself? Is that allowed? Yeah, sure. No. Well, so let's let's talk about Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks. So I was worried about Brandon Cooks going against that Denver uh, defense, going against those corners. Mm -hmm. I think I made a decision. I was flirting with it Saturday. I made the decision early Sunday morning to roll with Brandon cooks because I believe with him, believe in him as a number one wide receiver. I think that he's a, no matter the matchup you do play him. And I wanted to stick with that, that feeling that I had, I didn't want to flip flop so early in the season. So I wanted to roll with it. Made a wrong decision there. Mm-hmm. The Bengals um, moving Michael Pittman. Once I got the sure that he was out, move Michael Pittman to the IR spot so that I can pick up another uh, defense. And I saw the Bengals defense there going against the Cowboys. I saw how horrible the Cowboys defense or offense was last week. I wasn't high on Cooper rush. I thought that the boom potential of forcing turnovers um, through the pass game was going to be there for the Bengals. Missed the boat on that one. Should have stuck with my Niners, who I drafted, and was yeah. stoked to stoked to have against that Seattle. But so the only I I get your cooks. He did have I think he had ten targets. Um, he mm-hmm. just couldn't come down with much. Um, I get I get that one. I'll give you that one. But the the Bengals and the Niners one I don't quite understand. Only because the Niners are playing at home, 
right? So I feel if you if you have a defense, you kind of want to have that, and you have two decent defenses. Um, one actually, I mean, I think we can both agree the Niners are the better defense than the Bengals, like overall, like not just this past week, but like overall. The Niners have a very good defense. They have guys that can sack. They have good linebackers. They have good corners that can you know turn the ball over pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you always need to look at to see where they're playing. Bengals mm-hmm. going to Dallas. That was going to be a very, you know, everyone's kind of talking about Joe Burrow against Dallas. I get Cooper Rush is your quarter is the quarterback, but they still at least have like that that home field. As weird as it sounds, like they still have they have to go on the road. So that's yeah. always something you got to think about. The Niners, their very first game at home, it was a, it was the the matchup itself was wet, it was rainy. So making sure that you have a home team that is a dominant defense going up against a team that you know really can't move the ball that well. So I I and that and that came back to haunt you. So you know I'll I'll take it. I'll take starting mm-hmm. off two and zero, first place, baby. I'll I'll take the lumps early in the season. Uh, I got a good team. I put up 120, but it is what it is. Let's go and move on to your team. I look at your starting lineup compared to your bench. You made all the right decisions. God, I love those weeks when those, when you can pull those off. The if I if there was one that sticks out more than the other, I want to be a little creative and I want to talk about Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. That offense in that game was brutal. 16 and 9. I think a lot of Denver fans and people that had pieces in their offense were excited to have a home game against Houston. Um and we wanted to see that offense wake up. They didn't wake up. I, there's, there's still a lot of questions, Mark, with Russell Wilson. Um, you mentioned it, Jerry Judy going out. But Cortland Sutton showed in this game why I think both of us were really high on Cortland Sutton is mm-hmm. that his command in this offense. So even on these low games where the offense isn't really clicking, it's stalling out, you know Cortland Sutton's going to get his targets. He's going to get his yards. He's going to get his points. So if um, I'm getting 16.2 points from Cortland Sutton without a touchdown – I will take that every single week because I know one of these weeks he will have 13 or 14 points yeah. and then he'll get that touchdown that boosts the 20. And that's what yeah. like that's what you want out of out of a receiver. If you can get your wide receiver 2 and in this instance he is my wide receiver 3 but because CD is just up and down right now, he is going to mm-hmm. be my number 2. If I get 20 points from my number 2, it's going to be hard for me to see a week where I, where I do lose. Yeah, no, and I kind of was just thinking about while you were talking uh, about just not being able to cash on touchdowns. I almost kind of see him like in the Nick Chubb category. Nick Chubb was drafted essentially for my team as a number two running back. Uh, he has the type of potential and footprint in the offense that if he can kind of slave off Kareem Hunt like he did in this first week and he can get those touchdowns, he's a number one number one running back. Plug in. Sure. I can. He's a top 10 running back, and I kind of see the same with Cortland Sutton in that offense. Touchdowns, mm-hmm. offense skirts picking up. He, I mean, you have Cooper Cup, so he's not going to supplant him. But yeah, in terms of the general scope of the wide receiver landscape, he's going to be that number one option, which I like. Mm-hmm. You're one down, getting creative here. I'm worried about Justin Herbert. We know with his injury, that's yeah. an all time. That was all time uh, moment. Just him gutting it out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, if you think about it, I mean, now that was revisionist history. Without that mm-hmm. throw and without that touchdown, I lose. Um, oh, so. I hate, don't bring that up. <laughs> God, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I didn't think about it either until you brought him up right now. So, yeah, he, um, I, I'm worried about it too, only because I know that injury can linger throughout the season. Yeah. So I will be looking at the waiver wire for a backup quarterback. I'm going to drop the Browns defense as fast as I can because mm-hmm. 
that defense was absolutely just it was so gross to watch Joe Flacco throw the ball around in Cleveland. And when the Cleveland's at home, you would think, okay, give me four or five points, like max. Yeah. No, a, a, just a disgusting one point and giving up 31 points to the New York Jets is just not something um, that's acceptable, to be honest. I think the range and outcomes in, in terms of defense are just so wide. There's there's some weeks where you can give up a lot of points, your defense, but if they can just nab a couple interceptions or, I mean. Oh, it's huge. I mean, yeah. we talked about Trey and how he has two defenses. And one of the the boom that you had for Trey was, of course, Josh Allen, but you also mentioned the Bills defense. That wasn't even the best defense Trey had. Trey had a defense that picked 26 points in the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers, which had more than the Bills. So, you know, if you have those defenses – Every once in a while, I forgot which defense it was, but I feel like a few years ago there was a defense. Patriots. Yes, Patriots it was the Patriots. Defense. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my. They had like 20 points maybe the first five out of the six weeks or something like that. Yeah, they won and every week. They, they won – yeah, they won people with games every single week. And I, I'm not sure if, if he traded them. I want to say that – I think – I want to say it was Trey that had the Patriots. Or it was either Trey or Phillips. But one of them had that Patriots defense. And I want to say traded him for like a legit roster piece. If I were Trey, I would try to look and see to trade one of those defenses for at least a flex position or like a wide receiver too. So I, I completely understand what you're saying on the defenses. Um, it's always nice. If a defense can get you eight to 12 points, you're looking really good the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I think for you, just, you gotta, you gotta look in that QB waiver wire. And I think, uh, I think you're going to be well off. So well-deserved 2-0. I'm, I'm the best one-on-one team in the league, so I'm fine. <laughs> well, we're going, to, we're going to play again later on this year. Um, hopefully there's not too much on the line for it. Hopefully that I'm in a, and I'm in a comfortable spot to where I'm in the playoffs um, and with a bye locked up, hopefully by week, I believe it's like week 11 or, or it's week 12, I think. Um, but I will say you losing Michael Pittman – was was a was a big loss because I do think he would have had more than seven points for Brandon than Brandon Cooks, um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll match up later on in the year. We are back with our segment three up, three down. Last week was three booms, three busts, but we like it better saying three up, three down. So mm-hmm. my three ups on the week, I like I want to look at the Jets. I want to look at Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. Okay, so starting off with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that game? What a what a win! I don't I didn't have anything on it um, at all. You had some Nick, you had some Nick Chubb juice. I, though. I did, but that already it already cashed when the the Browns were up uh, thirteen, I guess, because they missed the extra point. But uh, mm-hmm. what a hell of a comeback by the Jets! Yeah, in terms of like, well, I want to talk fantasy because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. But and you're not going to get this performance out of Joe Flacco. Every no, week, no, obviously. But I look at the offense, and there's been questions all year. It's like, oh my gosh, who's the better? Who's the better running back, Brees Hall or Michael Carter or Garrett Wilson? We have the rookie rookie wide receiver Corey Davis, who's like a target monster, even though he only had two catches and he converted on them. But like Corey Elijah Davis, Moore. Late, yeah, and Elijah Moore, who's he was drafted really high too. Yeah, Michael good. Carter is in the receiving game, and I think this is a glimpse. Kind of what we're seeing with the Lions is this is going to be a glimpse that the Jets came back in this game by just throwing the ball. I mean, if we look mm-hmm. at we look at carry carry distribution. Brees Hall had seven. Michael Carter had seven. 
Braxton Berrios, obviously. I love Braxton Berrios. Ohio State, right? No, I believe he went to Miami. Really? Could be wrong. Yeah, let me double check hmm. that. Braxton something went to Ohio State. He was a quarterback. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Braxton but... Berrios went to... Was it? I think it's Miami. No, he played college football at Miami. Yeah. Okay. Well, regardless, they didn't run the ball that much. Mm-hmm. You, they have these two great running backs that obviously bad teams. They try to rely on just let's run the ball, let's get our points, let's slow down the other team's offense. Because, but the Jets won this game by just turning over the keys to Joe Flacco. He had forty-four attempts, 20, 26 completions, not great, three hundred and seven yards. He definitely aired it out, and I just. I want pieces. I, like I don't know. Elijah Moore really wasn't the star in this game. Uh, Garrett Wilson obviously was, and mm-hmm. he was probably on someone's bench. I think mm-hmm. if you have Garrett Wilson, you see this, you see his performance today. You're gonna be, you're gonna, you're gonna have that inkling. Like if I saw him on like Nick's team, like if I had Garrett Wilson, which I, now that I'm thinking about it, he might have Garrett Wilson. No, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I want to see where you're going with this, and I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I think next week. If you're struggling in that flex spot or if you have a wide receiver two that's out, mm-hmm. I think you go for it. I yeah. think he's a guy that you play and you try to see if you can strike goal twice because the Jets, I feel, are going to rely on this kind of passing offense. I don't think they're just going to be this running team. And I don't I don't think this offense is going to be – this outing is an anomaly. I think this is maybe be a trend. And I think there are some good fantasy – um, players here that you can take advantage of that may be available on the free agent market. Um, mm-hmm. Like maybe Corey, Corey Davis, or maybe there's an Elijah Moore owner that's like not interested, but there's options here. And if you have one on your team, I think after this game, you may look to use them. Yeah. So a uh, Shane has Garrett Wilson and a Shane's already stacked at the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got Justin Jefferson. He has DJ Moore and he's got Debo. So those mm-hmm. are three wide receivers that I don't know if you, you can't really start. And he's got Deontay Johnson on the bench too. Yeah. So he already has four wide receivers, in my opinion, that are better than Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. But I actually think, and I am going to predict this, and if he stays healthy, this is only this is health. So, you know, put the sirens on. This is uh, Baki's prediction. I am going to predict that Garrett Wilson wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. That is my prediction for the season. I watched him play. When I watched him play, that guy is really, really good. Like very shifty, can play in the slot, can line up outside. And when Zach Wilson returns, just like Elijah Moore last year, and I completely agree with their passing game. I'm not too sure on the run game. I think they're good running backs, but I don't think they're going to be running the ball that much because I think they will be down in games and i think like they did on sunday they were down by 14 13 points so they had to throw the ball so a lot of their um and they were down a lot of the game and they kind of caught up here and there at halftime i think it was tied at halftime but joe flacco was just chucking it all around especially in the fourth quarter because they were down by so much but garrett wilson in general really 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 good i believe he was the first wide receiver taken in the draft this year um, so if you're interested in like bets and stuff, I would probably put a small bet on Garrett Wilson to win rookie of the year. I don't think it's anything like crazy odds, but I do think it's probably like around, you know, six, seven, eight to one right now. Um, Ooh. wait, I have some uh, updated odds here. Okay. Uh, Vegas insider. It's not Bavada. It's not something live, but they have Garrett Wilson at plus 1500. Hmm. 
See, I think that's top, actually top three are Jahan Dotson, Drake London, George Pickens. And when you said the offensive rookie of the year, the first place I went was Drake London because I just watched him carve up the Rams. Yeah, he, he had a very good game. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, I guess you know he he is someone they don't really have anybody else. They don't throw the ball to Kyle Pitts there, so I think Drake London and and uh, Garrett Wilson are two very uh, up and or just rookie wide receivers that are really going to Chris Olave gets the ball thrown him a lot and i think eventually he'll get there but those two guys mm-hmm. i think are steps ahead of everyone else but to go back on the jets really quick and then we'll get to your next one um i do think when zach wilson start starts in the next couple of weeks i think he's going to be throwing the ball deep and just all over the place i think the guy does have a good arm their offensive line does look better um and zach wilson is a little bit more mobile so perhaps you know they they take an even bigger step but yeah, I think I think the Jets. That is a team to to where I think the Lions were last year. I think the Jets are only going to win maybe five or six games this year, but I do think they're going to take a step forward and they're going to make that. They do have weapons in that offense. I agree with you. Yeah, and speaking of weapons and offenses, Aaron Jones. Did Jeez. I call it or did I call it? Yeah, you did. If you if you go back and listen to us last week. Blake um, said he, he's looking for a huge Aaron Jones day. Definitely don't have to worry about him with, when it comes to A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones is going to be the focal point of that offense. So so now, props to you AJ, on that. And A.J. Dillon out-carried out Aaron Jones uh, on Sunday. So you, there's A.J. Dillon's not going anywhere, as you mentioned. Not. And I think a lot of people fear that – that it's AJ Jones going to carve into it. He he's already carving in deep, like plenty. Mm-hmm. But we saw with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had 15 carries, 132 yards on the ground. Yeah, so I will he's say that efficient. he Yeah, no, and he was be- he did not benched, but he didn't play the fourth quarter. It was all AJ Dillon cuz they were already up by so much that they mm-hmm. just let AJ Dillon take the rest of the game. So that's that's kind of reason just to some for some background as far as split differential, but um yeah, Aaron Jones just dominated. And and Aaron Jones has shown has shown uh, throughout his time in in for the Packers that he's going to be also involved in the passing game too. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of weapons on that team. We saw. I mean, we're, they just played against the Bears. Um, Packers always wake. Packers always wake up and play against the Bears. Um, their players yeah. and, and Aaron Rodgers. And but we look at target distribution. Um, Aaron only threw the ball 19 times, but in that, um, Aaron Jones tied for. Uh, reception count him and Sammy Watkins and mm-hmm. Aaron Jones brought home a touchdown too. Yeah. Aaron Jones is in this offense. Well, he is. He is I, not going I think anywhere. He is the offense to be honest. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I was watching that game, and I was thinking, if you can stop the run, I still don't think that the Packers can score. Like when it comes to wide receivers, they do not have any wide receivers that can get separation. The only big play that they had was a Sammy Watkins fifty-five yard bomb that's because it was play action so they don't mm-hmm. have any wide receivers that can do anything i when i was watching the game you had christian watson was a it was a he was in motion and they hiked the ball and it hit christian watson in the stomach fumbled the ball the packers got it but they had some screen plays that only went for you know f- two three yards because of guys that missed blocks i am still and I, we talked about this last week I'm still hesitant on the Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packer wide receiver. Like there's just no chemistry there. So if you notice in the beginning of a Packer game that the run game is working like it did on Sunday, 
I would like live bet the Packers. I would make sure that, you know, I have my money on the Packers because I do think they will win those games because they have a really good defense. But when you notice that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon aren't running the ball that effectively, the other team is going to win, whoever they play. So I am very interested in next week when they play the Buccaneers in, I think it's in Tampa. I could be wrong. But um, let's see, it's at Tampa. So that's a very interesting game to me because I can see them stopping the run. I, I, I can't see any of those wide receivers going off against Tampa Bay. I just don't see, I don't see the, the, the makeup of this team. Aaron had 25, 25 attempts. I think in games where he's being asked to throw 35 to 40, they're, they're not in that game. So that's, obviously that's exactly throwing, what I'm saying. Because yeah. I just don't see any chemistry with those wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers misses Devontae Adams 100%, and Devontae Adams, frankly, misses Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and we that's that's huge. It is mm-hmm. huge, and I, and I think I think uh, going into this season, I there was both players. We looked at Aaron, and we are like, is Aaron still that number one quarterback? Is Devontae still that number one wide receiver? Devontae had a little bit of a down week. Weird, weird week. Mm-hmm. But uh, it feels mm-hmm. like Devontae is the one that's – moved on best from this relationship. And speaking of what I think is the most frustrating relationship in all fantasy football is the Nick Chubb dream hunt. We've touched on it so many times because both of these individuals are on our teams, but mm-hmm. this is the Nick Chubb game. This is what you draft him for touchdown galore. Yeah. He's the guy that you give the ball inside the five yard line inside the 10 yard line to get you those yards. I mean, his touchdown runs were from four yards they were from seven yards, and then he had one under the two-minute, you know, with a 12-yard run. So he is not going to break those 30, 40, 50-yard runs for touchdowns. I mean, those really kind of happen in the NFL now, but mm-hmm. he will get you those touchdowns inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line almost every single time because they give the ball to him so much. And if you want a running back that can, uh, I believe it was, what, 99.5% chance the Jets are going to come back and turn the little stat cast. But if you want a running back – to literally blow your chances by just getting like all you had to do was lay down. Yeah. But my boy ran into the end zone, mm-hmm. got me those fantasy points just so the Jets can come back and win that game. So <laughs> yeah, if you want a guy that wants his, wants his scores. Yeah. No, I mean, it couldn't happen to a better uh, fan base as far as them losing that those Browns fans with this whole Deshaun Watson thing driving me nuts with the way that they're, like raising him up with all of it. I don't get it. So I'm glad that they, I hope they lose every single game that they play the rest of the season. But yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb is the guy that you want inside the five, him and Derek Henry. I feel like are the two guys that you can just give the ball to and they'll get those yards no matter what. Um, I, I'm not too worried about Kareem. Cause I do think, like I've said from the get go, Kareem is very touchdown dependent. Um, if he gets you a touchdown, you probably will get, you know, between 10 and or probably get around 15 points. Um, but, you know, they they are just a weird offense as well with Brissett and Cooper had a really good game. But Nick Chubb in general, yeah, I can't say enough, you know, good things about him. Four and a half, four and a half yards per carry from Kareem. You just know he's going to get you some. And mm-hmm. uh, for those keeping score at home, David Njoku, three catches, 32 <laughs> yards, 10 yards per average. Back. Njoku he's is back. Back. Those are my three ups and three downs. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, so I have um, Jalen Hurts as one of my ups. I have the dynamic duo of the Dolphins wide receivers 
and then just the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole. So yes. let's, uh, the Jets and Jaguars are, yeah, are ups. <laughs> um, we first will start off with Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, I don't know if you can, if you will see a, a much better like overall performance against a good team and a good defense this year than than Jalen Hurts tonight. Eighty three percent. I keep going back it, to that. How hard is it to to just look at those stats and be like, damn, like that's actually well, pretty damn it, good. It is. There's nothing. There's nothing. I mean, an interception. Okay, everyone does. I didn't that. even. Yeah, I didn't even look at. I didn't even see the interception to be honest. He was twenty six for thirty one. That was my that's biggest crazy. Gripe. That's that is insane. my biggest gripe on him is because his effectiveness. Last, yeah, last week you you brought up the completion completion percentage. So this week, way yeah. There's better. nothing I. Nothing I can say about that. He even when he was passing the ball effectively, he was still amazing on the ground. Mm-hmm. Eleven carries, fifty-seven yards, two touchdowns. He's he's the total package. Now I look at Lamar's week, and obviously Lamar went stupid nuts. Mm-hmm. But if I can get this out of Jalen Hurts in terms of what he is as a passer, if he can now, I'm there's no shot he's going to be eighty-four percent game in and game out but yeah but if fantasy I doesn't the middle, care about percent, uh, completion no, percentage but, but regardless this is a better team when he's more efficient like he is more efficient um as a runner when mm-hmm. he's a, as good as the pass we saw it last year there was a couple of weeks where he had absolutely nothing going through the air so that f- teams were focused focused more on the runs and he wasn't as efficient in terms of mm-hmm. yard per carry if he can maintain this and at least scare off offenses through his arm. If he can be a middle point, if he's a 70% passer, he is, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy football this year. I would take him week in, week out over Lamar just because of the weapons he has on that team. He, he brought Donovan, uh, what is it? Smith, Devon. I can't even, geez, Devonovan. Devonta. And I missed, I, I missed Devonte, um, Freeman. That's what, that's what it went down to. I'm going to put Donovan but, uh, McNabb as a wide receiver. Oh, that'd be cool too, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> NFL Street all no. over again. Huh? NFL Street all over again. Yeah. I had never played that. I was more of a Blitz guy. Oh, that's right. You're younger but, than me. Uh, NFL yeah, Street was the best. He's got weapons, and he got everyone involved. And he had that deep that deep threat with Watkins too. Mm-hmm. This team's good, and it's all on his back. Mm-hmm. If he can continue to show that he's an improved passer, oh, I'm going to eat every single harsh word I said yeah, about him. I mean, he... Yeah, I I was going to come. I was going to predict have a projection for him the rest of the season. I I think he finishes top three in fantasy this year as a quarterback. Um, I What's think, your gut telling you who's one and two then? I mean, I would I would say Lamar is going to be up there because I do think that he has better weapons this year than he did last year. As wide receivers are healthy, we saw that in Bateman and well, Duvernay did get hurt. But you have two guys there that are very fast, so you can just do slants and they can break runs just like they did in that Dolphins game. Um, and then you will always have that rushing effect with Lamar. I do think, um, man, and then Josh Allen has to be the other one. So mm-hmm. I do think those three will be the the top ones. But Jalen Hurts in general, like, yeah, he – I know Lamar this week went off and he had the most points. A lot of that to me was just absolute broken coverage. Like just just did not like that run that he had, he had a wide open yeah. hole. The Dolphins defense just did not play very well. But you look at what Jalen Hurts did, and this sounds kind of crazy, but like I would rather take the guy that rushes eleven times for like 60, 70 yards and a couple touchdowns 
than the one that breaks off a 75 yard rush because it was a broken coverage because that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen every single week. But what Jalen Hurts does is rush the ball 11 times, 10 times. I mean, even the first game, he had 17 carries. That's insane for a quarterback. Now, will that hold up the course of the season? Maybe. And maybe not in a few years, but maybe this year it will, right? We only play for one year. So I I do think that his efficiency on the ground and him, they call the design, the design runs for him. They call these plays that especially around the goal line, you're not going to get too many Miles Sanders rushing touchdowns. We touched on that over the course of the year. He didn't have one tonight. You're not going to get Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott rushing touchdowns. You're going to get Jalen Hurts rushing touchdowns. When J.K. Dobbins comes back for the Ravens, I think he's going to get a lot of those inside the five, inside the 10-yard rushers. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts for me, huge, huge week on the up. Um, We're going to get into my number two and touching on that Dolphins game. I mean, I don't think I've seen like a dynamic duo of this in a long, long time. And I will say, the Ravens secondary, absolute trash. Like, they don't know where any of those guys are playing. Like, they, their safety plays up while the corner played up. There were so many broken coverages, it was crazy. But I do think that these two wide receivers are going to finish top 20 in fantasy football, maybe top 15 in fantasy football. And maybe, uh, I don't know, I can't say top 10 because that's a lot. But mm-hmm. these two guys are insane. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, they're the only wide receivers on this team that are going to get the ball thrown to them. Um, and because that coach is so good at finding space in the field, Mike McDaniels, he is, I thought this team was going to run the ball a lot. This team is just going to throw slants and it's going to throw little comeback routes. And then they're going to have Tyreek just go straight down the field and go past everyone. And I don't like him. I don't think Tua is that great. But I do think if you have a guy that's wide open, you don't. There's not. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that can just throw the ball down the field for 40, 50 yards and hit these guys in stride. So, I I like both of these guys to have really, really, really good years. Yeah, I. We kept talking talking on Waddle was okay. Like the talents there. Mm-hmm. What's what's his role in this offense? And I mean, we did. I, that was a glimpse. That was an absolute. It was like a burst on the scene like how how many targets do you think he had this week i'm gonna say he had my gut wants to say he had a lot but i'm gonna be conservative i'm gonna say he had eight targets he had 19 shut up was it really 19 19 targets he had 11 catches for 171 yards and two touchdowns 19 targets how much did tyreek have Tyreek had, and I will say they were down by like three scores yeah, the entire game. So they were just throwing the ball around. Oh, my internet, my computer. Just... I have it right here. It's 13. 13, 13. targets for so Tyreek. 32 targets for these two guys. That's that's the only the only two guys that Tua's going to throw the ball to the entire se- entire season. Not the tight yeah, end. The... They don't have anybody else around. Yeah, it's just those two guys. I am worried, though. Not worried because they just showed right there that they were able to mount a comeback it's kind of like my theory with the jets um two teams on two different levels obviously the jets the jets Mm -hmm. uh there's obviously great uh expectations for the dolphins this year now they're two and oh but i their running back room i got switched this week uh chase edmonds didn't do anything Mm -hmm. uh raheem moster was yeah raheem got most of the carries 
Yeah, yeah, Moser had most of the carries. I, I don't, I don't really still just know what this offense is. Like they brought in obviously with a new coach, and they brought in his running backs. They invested a lot in that. Are they still a run team, or is this something you can expect from this offense, pass heavy, or was it just game strip? So I don't really know. I don't know. Can we, I, there's no way we can expect that thirty-one targets for these two guys week in week out though no i don't think you of course you can't expect that but uh, like tyreek had 12 targets in the first week so i think that like you are this is going to be a very short passing you know 10 15 yards down the field and then you're gonna have these guys they're gonna break runs like they're gonna like first week jalen waddle had a 15 yard catch and then he broke one for 40 yards like he these guys that are going to have a lot of yak yards after con or catch. Yak. Yak. Um, they're going to have a lot of that and they're going to score touchdowns. I, I think that they are going to score the majority of the touchdowns of this offense. I don't think a lot of the running game is going to be, it's not going to be existent and that sucks because I have both those running backs on my team, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I think in games, I, I can't see this. It's not a team that's going to grind out wins. This is a team that's going to rely on their first, you know, their their fifth overall pick in Tua, and um, they're going to rely on him. They're gonna, they got Tyreek for a reason, and they're going to use yeah. him as much as possible. And they used the first round pick on Jalen Waddle, who has that connection with Tua from Alabama. So these are these are two guys that I look at and I'm like, damn, I wish I would have drafted one because I do think that both are going to have extremely good seasons. Well, they seem like an offense too that um, are adaptive, like. I see with some coaches like, oh, something works one week. And they're like, oh, no, we got to go back to our identity. Like, uh-huh. I think this game really shows that, like, okay, Tua's got the goods. He can throw the ball down deep. I mean, with that first half was absolutely trash from Tua. He had, like, two picks. One of them was just really bad. Trying to throw a ball away, but he still threw it into coverage. It was, yeah, not good. I mean, I watched Stafford all last year throw picks every single game, but – when you have weapons like Cooper Cup and you had Odell last year, they kept going with it. That was their bread and butter. That was what was, sure. was going to win. You just need to have so. you need to have accuracy. You just need to give him the ball. Like you just need to give Tyreek the ball with yeah. a little bit of space, and he's going to break one. You need to give Jalen Waddle the ball with a little bit of space, and they'll they'll both break them. So and we saw what happened when when all that comes together, and when the Dolphins are playing against a team with Marcus Peters roaming around in that backfield, God, he was terrible absolutely yeah. terrible he i think this was his first game in like a year and a half because i think he like tore his achilles last year so I'll, I'll give him some slack but i mean yeah he did not look good whatsoever um <laughs> my last up for the week is those jacksonville first place jacksonville jaguars they are in first place in the afc south they beat the colts who look absolutely just gross like the colts i i think the colts were the biggest contender or pretenders that were contenders this season they i don't even i don't think that team's gonna make the playoffs i wouldn't be surprised if i mean the titans look bad too man i don't know the the jags look good across the board not only do their offense looks good their defense looked good and that might be a bright byproduct of how bad matt ryan looks but the jags offense and their weapons we talked about James Robinson last week. James Robinson had another good week this week. He had 15 points. Um, and so he had 23 carries, 64 yards, which is not great as far as average, but he did have a touchdown. So that's basically what you're looking for. 
Um, Travis Etienne Jr. still looking to kind of find his way. I don't think he had anything special this week. Let me double nope. check. Yeah, that's 6.8 points. But one guy that I really like, and so many people gave him shit uh, this offseason about getting his contract as regarding how much he got paid. Christian Kirk looks legit. Like, he looks good. He had six catches, 78 yards, two touchdowns on six targets. So every target that he got thrown his way, he caught. Uh, last week, he had six catches for 117 yards. So you're looking at back-to-back um, around over 15-point weeks. He looks to be the guy that Trevor Lawrence relies on. Um, so I think that there's got to be a way for Steph, who has him. And, and I know why Steph has him, because he's from Texas. Or he went to Texas A&M. Yeah, Steph. Um, I was just about to say Steph yeah, loves Yeah, loves him. Christian Kirk. Uh, but she's got Mike Williams and Jalen Waddle. So, you know, sometimes, perhaps, maybe when Keenan comes back and they're they're facing a good corner duo, uh, maybe you sub out Christian Kirk for Mike Williams. Um I mean, she's got a good team across the board, so it's going to be kind of she's hard. Got to, Curtis to f- Samuel too on the bench. Yeah, like, you oh got to find a, find a way to to get Christian Kirk in there. Um, so, yeah, big ups for for the Jags. Uh, last but not least, Trevor Lawrence, who is actually T-Law. on the Shane's bench here. Um, Trevor Lawrence has looked way better this year than he did last year. He looked mm-hmm. lost last year. Um, I'll give that mostly to Urban Meyer and that shit show of a year that they had in the coaching position. But this year, I mean, this game, 25 of 30, 83% completion percentage. He only had 235 yards, but he had two touchdowns. So kind of low on the fantasy, but I do think there's room, a lot of room to grow as far as um, the potential down the line for him. Like he's the perfect like second quarterback to have in your team. Like if you weren't investing in a quarterback or didn't draft a quarterback, he's the type of guy that come by week that if I needed to chip in, like if I needed a guy to hit my projections and if he had a decent matchup, then mm-hmm. given what I'm seeing in the first two weeks, like even at the passing games out there in terms of his receivers and Christian Kirk, because I mean, still a new offense, still a new, new weapon that he has. Uh, he has, he has James Robinson who, who he can rely on in the passing game too, out of the backfield. That mm-hmm. team, as you mentioned, they're playing in a horrible division so far. I mean, I would not want to play against the Texans right now. They're giving everyone a game. Um, but yeah, the Colts look horrible. I'm not sold on the Titans. They're kind of a mess right now. So you're yeah, looking at just the matchups. Haven't yeah. won a game yet. Yeah. If you look at the matchups with just within the division, that's the next. I mean, that's eight games per year. Is that my my that's my math right there? Yeah. Uh, no. Six, yeah. six games. Six games. Six games. Eight, four teams in the division. Six games per year. We're gonna be playing against kind of a lower end teams mm-hmm. i like i like him i feel like most weeks or not he's going to have a pretty pretty uh positive matchup and he's going to produce he's going to be steady he's not going to he's not anything like jalen hurts or any of these kind of running quarterbacks that is going to sneak in but he is athletic like he's the type of guy where he's on a good drive and you're 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 going to need a touchdown he's a guy that i'd be confident the play breaks down and it's third and three that he he's not going to be the guy that's going to sit in the pocket he's going to go out there and he's going to get that first down to push that drive and um yeah, there's nothing, nothing yeah, negative I can of, say about him. He reminds me of like Herbert in the pocket, like someone that mm-hmm. can very much like escape it and it's, kind of use his legs to like either throw on the run or maybe perhaps pick up like a first down. He's very methodical. It seems like mm-hmm. hey, I feel comfortable like when I'm watching his game and he's back in the pocket. Like we didn't see it last year because it was just the Urban Meyer mess. Yeah. But um, with the new coaching staff, guy from Philadelphia, a lot of yeah. run options, uh, RPO options, like 
he, he I feel like if you present him with with a design play with like an RPO, like he can make those throws. Like mm-hmm. and he's got weapons that he didn't have last season. So yeah, yeah I mean yeah, like so and this might be just the Colts, to be honest, but their defense this week had twenty one points. They had five sacks and three picks and didn't allow a single point. So I'm not sure if that's more on the Jags or more on the Colts. They only had four points. They gave up 28 points to Carson Wentz and the, the Commanders. So I think Jags I, have always had a sneaky defense, though. There's always, uh, a couple, like always a few been... years ago. I mean, the last couple of years, they they had that defense when they went to the playoffs. That was like, of damn, course. this defense is legit. But then they started losing players like Calais Campbell and a couple others um, to where they it, it was not pretty the last couple of years. But um, that whole yeah. that whole franchise was not pretty the last couple of years, but I, I am interested. I will say this, this next week, they play the chargers. Now this is going to be a very interesting game about all we just talked about regarding their weapons, because I do think the chargers have a very good improved defense as far as uh, the edge rushers with Khalil Mack with JC Jackson. So this is going to be a very good test for Trevor Lawrence. Is this, is this going to be a week to where he shows regression, especially on the road or is this a week where he still plays consistently and he kind of relies on that James Robinson, uh, Christian Kirk. So we'll see on that. But um, it'd be a fun game to go to. Yeah, that that I'm sure it's cheap too. I can't imagine that being that expensive. And it's going to be interesting if Herbert's out because then I don't know. I I could see the Jaguars beating the Chargers if Chase Daniel is starting for the Chargers. Where's Easton? Where's uh, Easton Stick? Uh, where he belongs on the bench. Oh, but, um, bummer. If you are looking for a defense to stream. I would, and Chase Daniel is playing and Herbert's not, I would look at the Jags as a possible, especially with Keenan out as well. I think that's a good, that's a good streaming option right there. Duval. All right. We just talked about the Jaguars. Now the team that they played this week, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, My three downs, we're going to start out with the Colts, but then I'm going to start out with the Bengals O-line, which kind of we'll talk about. Joe Burrow, um, that passing game, and uh, Joe Mixon. And then uh, get into my least favorite quarterback, uh, Broncos country, let's ride Russell Wilson. So let's get into the first one, the Colts. I mean, I I don't even know where to start with the Colts. I bet them the first week. They then tied against the Texans. And then this week... I took the over on the game, and I knew that was dead middle of the second quarter. Why? Why would you take the over? Because I didn't think Jacksonville uh, – they just gave up 28 points to Carson Wentz. So I'm thinking, you know – Carson Carson Wentz is legit. I don't know about legit, but I, I watched Matt Ryan play, and I thought Jonathan Taylor, of course, would have a better game. Um, but I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis. They are not a good football team whatsoever. Jonathan Taylor only had – 54 yards rushing on nine carries. I know they were down a lot of that game, but I'm sorry if you're down 7-0, even if you're down 14-0, you have to lean on your best player, perhaps one of the best players, the best running back in the league. So only giving him nine carries is just unacceptable. I don't care if Matt Ryan's been to a Super Bowl. I don't care if he was good on the Falcons. He hasn't been good in quite a long time. This is not Stafford, who you knew once he left would have like, legit he can still move he's somewhat mobile in the pocket yeah he throws his picks everyone he's a gunslinger but matt ryan is just not the guy that you should rely on if you're running an offense i think like going into that matchup you're michael pittman obviously being out sure and you're like where is his 13 targets gonna go and 
I can't very, tell you. I can't tell you the second. Where did they go? I, I don't even know. I, Doolin, like D U L I N. That's all. Greg Doolin or something like that. I don't and know the, any other weapons that they have. Ah, uh, what was his name? They always have that guy that he always gets a sneaky touchdown. The Paris Campbell or something. I don't even Paris is Campbell. Paris Campbell on the team anymore. I don't yeah, know. He's actually still on the team. You yeah, know they need I don't, to bring and, back. Who bring back? T, where's Ty? Bring Ty back. Hashtag free Ty. They need to bring my boy Ty. How about Doyle? Back. Is Doyle still in the league? Mm, I think he retired. But yeah, the Colts. I I don't know who. I'm looking it up right now. Ashton Doolin. He had he had a decent game. He had ten point seven points, five catches for seventy nine yards. I couldn't tell you anything about this guy. So the Colts in general, I think they're a dumpster fire. I don't think mm-hmm. that this team is I you can't you just can't rely on Matt Ryan. You can't. This is like one of those situations where like I'm not a Colts fan. I don't even know a Colts fan personally. But is this one of those situations where like we need a like a coach firing. We need something to spark it because yeah, it can't just be it can't just be Matt Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman. You talked about you talked about last week how you love hot seats. This guy, oh, is on the I hot like seat. this. Is, he might be on the hottest seat right now. Who's who's? Give me who gets fired first? Frank Wright, Matt Rule, or there's another one out there. Or like uh, McCarthy with the Cowboys. Well, uh, Mike McCarthy is the worst coach in football, so but he is the ultimate yes man, as you know, Phil would say. Um, Yeah, I I don't. I mean, both those guys, both those guys have had just really bad starts. Um, But I mean, Carolina lost on a fifty-eight yard, like just heave of a of a kick. Shout out Cade mm-hmm. York. You make your 58-yard field goal and lose me $500, but can't make an extra point. Um, but then you have, yeah, you have uh, Frank Reich lose the Jags, and I don't even know. Let me see. Let me look Let me look at their uh, upcoming schedule here. Yeah, because you, you saw – this is literally what happened last oh, season. Man. Jags, Jags storming, in, storming in and ripping the Colts playoff oh, chances man. from them again. Uh, Frank Wright's got a horrible record against Jags, like in his career as a yeah. So in Jacksonville, coach. I think they've lost their last seven or eight games. So over the last yeah. eight years, yeah, every game they've gone and there, they've this lost. This is a team that they invested in. They invested in Matt Matt Ryan. They're they, yeah. thinking that they're one piece away. They have the on, offensive line with Quentin Nelson, and they have the star running back who who should be carrying this offense and who should have carried their offense this past week. But I, it's just questionable coaching out of that, and it's and it's affecting. Obviously, top end fantasy uh, fantasy producers. Matt Ryan could have been a sneaky guy that you could have let fall all the way in the draft. Could have been your number one quarterback for you loading up on other valuable pieces. But it, without Michael Pittman, I mean, we're we're in week two. We saw one week with Michael Pittman. We saw one week without Michael Pittman carried absolutely yeah, carried Matt Ryan week one. They didn't. Well, they scored twenty points against the. I know. Well, the that's what I'm saying. Texans. That's not going to win you games in the NFL. Though. It, it was. It was only serviceable for Pittman and like, yeah. and at least John, uh, at least uh, Taylor got his fill. But without Pittman, and who knows how severe this injury is? I'm looking at week three. They play the Chiefs. So here's their schedule. They play the Chiefs week three. Am I looking at Loss. the right team? Yeah, they're going to lose that game. Uh, then they play the Titans, who that's going to be an interesting one because both teams can you know be zero and three or zero three zero two and one whatever the Colts are. Then you go to Denver. Then you have Jacksonville again. Titans again. So that's a lot of divisional games right off the bat. 
Um, then you have somewhat of a little break here and there, but then you have like the Raiders, the Eagles, Steelers at home, and then Dallas. So like that's a that I I could see him getting let go to kind of have that yeah. spark. I know that he's really loved there, so I highly doubt that that uh you know you you let him go. Um, but looking at Carolina, they have a <laughs> yeah. I think Matt Rule's gone. Um. You got the Saints next week, so that's like it's kind of like a must win. You can't start zero and three. Then you have the Cardinals, then you have the Niners, the Rams, the Buccaneers. So, yeah, I think Matt Rule is probably the first head coach <laughs> fired. Well, um, I think both these guys will be fired. So, yeah, I don't feel. I feel like in midseason they don't do it as much as they used to. But um, going to my third, sorry, my second down, um, the Bengals O line. So I have a. I'm gonna have a quote here uh, from Lyle Collins, the new. Oh, I heard this quote. This one's good. The new offensive tackle. Um, Isn't he a he giant? A former Cowboy. Um, oh, he was the cowboy. right tackle oh, yeah. there. Um, huge. He got. I think it was like a three-year, thirty-five million dollar deal, something like that. He was one of the premier right tackles in football to get signed. Um, they revamped their whole O line too. Like as far as yep. they spent money 70 on million? it. What was that? It's like seventy million or something. something like that. They got a guard, they got a tackle. I think they drafted somebody. They thought, okay, Joe Burrow was getting hit so much last year that we need to, you know, invest. Well, they invested in the wrong players. Let me tell you what Lyle Collins said last uh, in the off season. Your n- new bodyguard is in town. No one's touching you. Yikes! If you Yikes. look at how Joe Burrow did. This game, I believe that he was sacked six times, maybe seven yep. times. Um, I'm looking for Joe Burrow right now. What team is he on? He's on he's on someone's team. Uh, he's on someone's bench. Yeah, I'm looking at benches right now. How come I can't find him? There he is. Um, so let's see. He was 24 of 36 for 199 and a touchdown for 16.56 fantasy points. He was sacked um, seven times. He was sacked seven times. Oh, sorry. In week one, he was sacked seven times. And in, against the Cowboys, I believe, yeah, he was sacked. Um, he was sacked a bunch. I mean, I was watching that game. Part of it, I will say, looking at after the game on Twitter and everything, everyone talking about Joe Burrow and his performance. A lot of the time, he just didn't take the easy way. He would just kind of, you know, try to find that big play. He would look for other options, but he got he got sacked six times. So he's been sacked thirteen times in two weeks. That is not going to win you games. This team does not look good. Their defense looks fine, but you're not getting the same production as you did last year with Joe Burrow throwing for. 300 yards 400 yards um a lot of those games were shootouts and trying to like catch up and going back and forth like for instance that uh Bengals chiefs game in the regular season um that i think jamar chase had like 200 and something receiving yards but i mean jamar chase even after the game had a comment and he was just like we need to open up the offense more like this isn't gonna work and i don't think you can if you're getting just absolutely bum rushed every single time dude my bad what? Did you hear that? No. Oh, I just cut you off then. My fucking thing, my advertisement just went off. No, nothing was in the mic. 
Well, sorry for screwing you up there. All right. Well, then I, I think you can just cut it and then you just go right in because I left space. So, okay, cool. Because he's just, because I said he's just getting bum rushed every single time. Okay. Well, then go to your third one then. Are you not going to respond to it? I don't think you had anything. Oh, with... he just, oh, okay. He just gets bum rushed. Okay. Well, what I was trying to do is trying to pull up um, Joe Mixon while you were talking. Yeah, he. I can tell you his stats weren't great, 19 for 57, but he did have a decent week one, but he caught the ball like 10 times. Cause... Okay, so you just said he got bum-rushed? Yeah. Okay. God, my stomach is fucking... I'm probably going to pick it up. Okay, here we go. Well, I feel like the reason why he is getting bum-rushed is because, like Jamar mentioned, the offense is so unimaginative right now. What happened to last season when you were so – you yourself, Jake, where you were so down on the Bengals mm-hmm. and you were expecting Joe Mixon under on everything, the Bengals are going to be bad. Joe Mixon was a stud last year. Like, And I know yeah, this offensive line is probably not helping and helping and they're not opening up the offensive lanes, but force-feed him a little bit. Like – even though Joe Mixon, even I remember not last year, because last year he was a beast, but like two years ago, he like had the gritty yards. Like he like wasn't great on average, but he was still plugging away. They gave him a lot of touches, two, three yards. He was just pounding, pounding it up the middle, softening up that defensive line. I think when you're too one-dimensional with your attack uh, in terms of passing passing the ball and you get Joe Burrow right now, it feels like he needs to carry the offense in terms of holding on to the ball, probably not making the best decisions. I feel like you just got to force it to a guy like Joe Mixon and have him kind of get get a little run with it. Yeah, I I see what you're saying, but I I, I do feel like they are giving the ball plenty. Like his first week, he had 27 carries. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. He had seven catches. So like, and they still lost. They didn't really, you know, they didn't really score too many points. But I mean, second week he had 19 carries, which is you know pretty good. Um, but yet they need to find a way to get. Kind of how Miami gets uh, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle in open space. When you get Jamar Chase in open space, it's really hard to bring him down. So give him options. T. Higgins is a guy that he did not have a good first half, but he really played well the second, and I think he he ended mm-hmm. up with 16 fantasy points. So something is up there. Joe Burrow is not a quarterback that I feel like I can rely on as starting um, as a quarterback in fantasy. Because I don't know what I'm getting. I don't know if I'm going to get 15 points or if I'm going to get, you know, there, there's probably better options. Like, would you rather start Tua and what he has around him right now or Joe Burrow? I mean, in terms of just offensive pieces around him, yeah, I definitely am interested in going with a guy like uh, Tua. But you're saying that you don't trust him. I still see a guy that is everything's going wrong for him in terms of just his offensive line giving it up. But I think week one and week two, he still, even with all those four picks or five picks that he had in the Pittsburgh game, and man, that game was brutal. Even though last week was brutal, that Pittsburgh game week one was so mm, bad. Four picks and a fumble um, loss. But, I mean, everything's going wrong for him right now, but he's still putting up decent points. Like, I feel, I still feel like they're a good enough team that they'll figure it out. And when they do figure it out and they give him a little bit more time to breathe in that offense, I think... I think he's going to be a serviceable quarterback. That's the reason why he was drafted so high and reason he still has weapons. He still has the probably the, the third best wide receiver, uh, wide receiver in football on his team. Everything's just going wrong right now. And if I was an owner of him and I was maybe struggling at quarterback and I had to play him every week, I'm not happy with how the season's going, but 
I still feel like there's you you can wait it out because this is just this is just weird what's going on with their offensive line. Yeah, I don't know. I I I see a guy that's just scared in the pocket. I I see a guy that has so much coming from it. And, I, and granted, I will say they played the Steelers week one, who has T.J. Watt. They have a they have a good defense. They have guys that can rush. And then you play a Cowboys team. The best thing the Cowboys have is Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons is going to rush the hell out of you every single time. He is such a good pass rusher. So I think that those two defenses definitely contribute to his low scoring. But, I mean, I'm going to push back. If you're your quarterback and you're getting a guy that's going to, you know, have 16 or is, is going to have under 20 points fantasy as your starting quarterback, I don't think you can consistently win games with that. Um, but I do think that this week against the Jets, even though it's on the road, I do think this is a week that's a bounce-back week for Joe Burrow. Um, they don't have a great pass rush, so I do think that watch out for Burrow and having better points. I think he hits over 20 this week. Um, I think Jamar Chase has a much better week because I think um, Sauce Gardner, the first-round pick for the Jets, got hurt in their last game, so I'm not sure, or he had a concussion or something where he might be out this upcoming week, and that's big. So. I do think Jamar Chase has a better week, but I, yeah, I think this is a very interesting uh, time for Burrow. Like you said, just, it's kind of strange, but um, he's not someone that I think that I can, you know, rely on right now. All right. And to my last one, we have the Broncos, mostly Russell Wilson. Now I used to like Russell Wilson uh, when he's on the Seahawks. I really liked that team. That fan base is awesome. The 12th man. Uh, he had the Legion of Boom back in the day, and I liked Russell back in the day. But ever since he got traded to the Broncos, I just feel like there is this cheesy, corny, kind of cringy quarterback and this personality that's like come out. I feel like he's kind of just like became more cringy. He's always kind of had that a little bit, but it's always like, oh, it's just Russ. We'll just laugh it off. But the whole Broncos country, let's ride. Uh, it's like Russell Wilson, the brand now. Uh, yeah, and I he just seems fake. And I mean, this isn't, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to shit on his personality too much, but for fantasy purposes, this whole team is just a dumpster fire on offense. Their defense looked really good last week. They, they got a kind of got banged up with Pat Sertan getting hurt, but they had the pass rush. They had, they stopped some of the run. Didn't really let uh, Davis Mills or Brandon Cooks get going. They didn't really play the best offense, but they looked good offensively. Russell Wilson just looks like a shell of himself. I mean, he only had 11 fantasy points last week. He had a 45.2 passing percentage, 14 for 31, 219 yards, an inter, uh, a touchdown, and a pick. They have some of the worst red zone inside the five play calls that I have ever seen. They have not scored a touchdown inside of uh, the five this year. They have, I think they only had two touchdowns this entire season. One was to Jerry Judy, which was like a bomb. Then mm-hmm. he just caught and you know outran the corner. And then this past week, he kind of just threw one up to a tight end that it made a nice catch. So just weird offense. Just that head coach is just way in over his head. The fan base was yelling out the play clock for him. Uh, he used timeouts. How nice! Place. How nice of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was just it was just to help him out, right? No, no mocking whatsoever. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson, I mean, last week you said that he was going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Um, are you going to change your stance? Or are you going to stay stick with that? I, um, I attributed to the red zone and, and 
getting the, like yeah red zone efficiency last year to the Seahawks or last week to the Seahawks defense and I just I'm so tired of this team like I was like <laughs> two weeks so, in two weeks in I just I was so high on them this week I was excited I was excited because I like watching good offensive like cook like football is mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. when like when you had like when the Bills. you watch yeah, the Bills like, play and you're like Jesus how's this like, team just care. like like I don't yeah. even care. I'm not a fan with it. I just want to watch like really good offenses and yeah. like really good players just show out every week. And mm-hmm. with this team with Judy and Sutton and uh, Williams and my boy Melvin, like I just wanted. I was waiting for a laugh there. I was. Just, I didn't yeah, get that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's but, someone uh, that I don't even think about anymore. As far as like, he's just not anything special. But uh, yeah, dude, this team just there's just no. I, I point my finger at one direction, whether it's the running backs. And then as I'm doing that, like the Russ, Russell Wilson just can't throw the ball. Or I start pointing my finger at Russell Wilson and their coach can't figure out a play call. There were so many times, and I'm thinking back to last week where it looks like the whole offense is just waiting on the coach to like either call a play or like, Oh, Hey, uh-huh. what are we doing here? Like this offensive genius mastermind was supposed to come in and, and uh, take out the old way of, of Fang's offense and just be like a revolution to this offense. And there's just nothing. There's no identity. There's no, uh-huh. there's, I don't know what to expect every single week. I, I can't expect Cortland Sutton, even in the worst of situations to put out, but, what else is there? They have so many weapons in like KJ Hamler was a top, was a top uh, wide receiver. Like he's not involved at all. And I know he no. said some injury issues, but there's an embarrassment of talent on this team. There's so much. I don't think I use embarrassment, the right word, but there's so much talent on this team that for them to be producing the way that they are is just so gross and it's so misleading and it's such a bummer. And I don't know who to blame more. I don't know if it's Russ. I don't know if it's coach. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's so frustrating that I hope I got to look at the schedule, but if I have to waste my Sunday nights or like my Mondays, oh, they, watching have a this bunch team, of, they have a bunch of primetime oh. games, but it's next just, week they play primetime. They play Sunday night and they play against the 49ers. So I can't see Russell Wilson playing well against that San Francisco front seven, none whatsoever. I, I can't see him having a good game. Um, I think he plays the chargers on a primetime game um, sometime later this year. I'm interested in seeing what happens there because I think that the edge rushers of the chargers are going to like put him in hell. So I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they need to let Javante Williams run the ball. He is someone that makes defenders miss just every single carry he has. He had 15 carries for 75 yards, which averages five yards a touch. That's, I mean, his first week he had seven carries for 43. That's six yards a, a carry. Those are numbers you need to use. You need to use him so much more than they do. I don't get them splitting carries with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is not who he used to be. You can use Melvin Gordon in the red zone if you'd like. I mean, he will from the ball every once in a while on the goal line. But I, I don't. I don't know why they don't use Javante Williams more. They need to use him in space. Basically how Eckler has been used was used the first, uh, you know, last couple years when he first started playing and starting, they need to do that. That's it's, I mean, Eckler took the job away from Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams has to go in there, prove that he's worth it. And I don't care if your quarterback makes 40 to $45 million a year. You need to give your best player on offense, your most dynamic player on offense, the ball more. 
Yeah, San Francisco, they got a great pass rush. I think they're going to get to him all day yeah, uh, I, I, during their I next matchup. We saw with Vegas. Vegas still played Chargers pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the they, Cardinals they get game, to they the c- quarterback. The, the only yeah. reason why that was a close game, and that's why they won, the Cardinals did, because Kyler used his legs in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Though, though you're going to get a break, I guess, with the Colts, because they've been just terrible so mm-hmm. far at the start of the season. But then they get the Chargers week six. They have a tough schedule. Like mm-hmm. they're not playing easy opponents. And with Phillips riding him out as his number one quarterback, I I would look elsewhere. I would he has Cole Command on the bench. We talked about we have this Rashad White guy that doesn't even play. Maybe he needs to figure out a quarterback. I feel like Tua's perfect for him. But uh Russ is not cooking and they are not riding. He is not. No, Broncos country, let's lose. All right, to finish up our ups and downs of the week. Blake, who are your three downs? Dalvin Cook, number one. Oof. He was a number one running back. Dalvin Cook is a number one running back you draft in year after year, uh-huh. year after year, uh-huh. automatic. He's getting 20, 25, if he's healthy. Uh-huh. He's getting 20, 25. Even if he isn't getting the yards, he's in that like Nick Chubb area where if he's anywhere near a goal line, he's he's banking it in. Hasn't uh-huh. hit a touchdown yet. Week one was decent. He had his he had his touches. It was a positive game strip uh, game script against the Packers. Um, I think he averaged four yards four yards per carry, eighty uh-huh. yards. He was great. Didn't fall on the touchdown. I think week one, you throw it out. It's week one. You're not going to get the touchdowns every single week. Played but a good defense. Had, the Packers have a good or a decent run defense. I guess Dale Montgomery had 100 yards. But yeah, but yeah. When, I feel like when the Vikings are Vikings, oh, obviously with Justin Jefferson. He went off that game. He mm-hmm. stole the show, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Vikings, when the Vikings win, it's on the back of Dalvin Cook. It's that running game. That's really sure. their identity. I don't think they exposed Kirk Cousins to that much in terms of passing. Yeah, brand new agree? head coach though. Brand new head coach that came from the Rams. So I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I feel like they're going to be more of a pass kind of heavy offense. But I do well, think that their wins will come when they use everything is is going like they, they need to make sure everything's going and i think tonight was a perfect example that when they come out and they're down seven zero in the first quarter you're gonna have to start throwing the ball with kirk cousins and we know what prime time kirk looks like um which is absolute shit so um you know they were down early and and so you kind of have to go away from dalvin now there are different ways to get him involved you know he caught the ball four times tonight for 20 or 19 yards perhaps more screen plays, perhaps, you know, use him more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that they, they look to be that kind of dynamic team when he really turns it on. Um, but I, I do think it is, it's a little concerning that he doesn't have a touchdown yet. Um, and I mean, tonight he had six carries for 17 yards. Like that's not going to do it. So uh, I, I, I mean, you look at his next matchup is Detroit. I think it's a perfect matchup for him to kind of get back into it at home. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely say Dalvin cook, um, especially cause where you draft him in the first round and, you know, most likely either right in the middle in the first round, or maybe just a spot was number six, uh, Phil drafted him number six overall. So, um, I think it's a little concerning, but I-, I don't think you should be too concerned. I feel like, I feel like first week he didn't get that touchdown. It's fine. I saw the production. I saw how involved he was on mm-hmm. a positive game strip. Like you mentioned, they went down early. You're going to abandon the run. Yeah. He did get involved. He had four catches, like you mentioned. Very minimum. Uh, he had 
19 yards, very mm-hmm. dump off. Kirk Cousins was not in his element, one for three. Yeah, he had 46 attempts. It's a new offense. It's a new coach. They're going to mm-hmm. be being a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, six carries, though. I, I don't I don't I'm I am worried about that how quickly they're going to uh move away from Dalvin. I know they were down early. They they were down what they gave up touchdown first quarter. I mean going yeah. into the half they were getting blown up 24 to 7. Yeah. I still feel that um when Dalvin doesn't get there's there's guys that there's guys that when they don't get a lot of touches all Yandre uh was all Swift Mm-hmm. He didn't get a lot of touches. He was coming off that ankle injury, but he has that kind of like game breaking or like mm-hmm. one run. I don't feel like Dalvin has that anymore. I don't oh, feel like already, he can he's just, already over the hill. I a hundred percent. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near the production. I still think he's the number one, like a number one first round pick, mm-hmm. but I think that was more involved in just his involvement, his carries. I am worried after watching this when the the offensive schemes switch so quickly mm-hmm. how bad how low the dalvin cook floor is like that's what i'm most worried about mm-hmm. and yeah they're playing alliance next week it's an easily perfect get right game but we saw the lions like they're they're putting up points this year now yeah if we see in a, if we see in a quick uh first quarter the lions go up ahead and and the Vikings are trailing a little bit. We just saw in this game, they were quick to abandon the run. They were quick to uh, turn this into a more pass-heavy attack. And we had four catches, but we're, we're in a half-point PPR. If we're talking our league in, yeah. in specific, that's not going to help you, especially not out of his first uh, first-round pick. So I, I'm... I'm worried about his involvement in this offense and uh-huh. what was soon, what was used to be such a stranglehold where as long as he was healthy... Madison wasn't in the wasn't anywhere near the solution, but ah, man, even with Dalvin Cook healthy, if this offense goes off the rails and it's not uh, giving the ball to Cook, he's non-existent, and I mm-hmm. am worried about that. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then we move on. We go. We talk about Tom Brady. We pretty much the Bucks offense. We saw, um, God, Mike Evan, Mike Evans against uh, Lattimore. Yeah, that is, the, the, that is the best matchup in all football. Yeah, that they get into it every single game, and, and it was Tom Brady's that. fault. It was his fault. He's the one that got Mike Evans suspended. Uh, I mean, you can't you blame other people shit. for. He wasn't talking shit. He was coming off the field, and some guy was talking shit to Brady. I don't know if it was Lattimore or, or if it, was it was Lattimore. Guy. Okay, then yeah, Lattimore was talking shit to Brady. Brady talking shit to him. Then yeah. Leonard Fournette came up. Lattimore pushed Fournette in the face. And then Mike mm-hmm. Evans just came out of nowhere. I think he, he came always off does the bench or came off the sideline, and that's I think that's why he suspended the game. But um, yeah, he got he just you know started a brawl with him and Lattimore. But I, I just, was actually yeah, extremely surprised. I would like to just keep this about Tom Brady, not even in the uh, other weapons because I, I do feel like they're kind of banged up, and it's not fair to like say, oh, uh, you know, Chris Godwin, where have you been? Well, he's been hurt. Julio Jones mm-hmm. hurt. Mike Evans like played one game and then suspended or half of the game. He he was out the rest of the game. Leonard Fournette kind of banged up and he, I think he had a decent, yeah, he had a really good first game, didn't he? So um, if we can just keep this about Brady, I had no idea how bad his first two weeks were. Like I looked, bad. I just looked right now at 10 points and then nine points. 
I am shocked. I had no idea that it was this bad. I will say two great defenses, both on the road. So, you know, that could be something. But, I mean, I don't even really know what to say when it comes to his performances. These are not Tom Brady numbers. Um, And it's not like he's playing with brand new weapons. I know the guys are hurt, but, like, he still has guys like Scotty Miller, Perriman. Like, he's played with these guys the last couple seasons. Um, Mm -hmm. He doesn't have Gronk to rely on anymore. Um, so that that you know that could possibly be an issue. He'll be he'll be back for the playoffs. Yeah, probably. He'll probably get signed around like week you know fourteen, fifteen. Um, mm-hmm. Make some sixty nine jokes, and then he'll return. But uh, yikes! Like I don't even know why. I mean, I would feel like you would just drop Tom Brady at this point. I the reason why I wanted to talk about him is now Mike Evans being out uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Who knows if Godwin's coming back? We talked about the 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 minimum cast of weapons like Julio Jones. What are you really going to expect out of him? I know they tried to bring in Russell Gage. He's been hurt. Mm-hmm. That's true. Had Scotty, him, yeah. Scotty Miller. He was, he had some play, but still he's not a, on a healthy wide receiver back room. He's not your top he's your two. He's not your top. Six. Yeah. He's yeah. like your five or six. So what I'm most worried about with him is that he's not getting his whole cast of weapons all at the same time. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's, that same quarterback that he can just I don't think he's the guy that can just pick guys out of the the patch and and produce. He needs weapons at this stage of his career. And we're For seeing sure. it right here with with the 9 and 10 if he doesn't have his full arsenal of weapons to go to to kind of multi-layer his attack. I don't I don't think that I just don't think he has it and I just don't think he's even worthy of a bench spot anymore. Yeah, like I just said, like I don't, I don't know if he would, you know, be on my bench. Is it even, yeah, is it even worth it? Um, but I, I, I do think that he will eventually turn it around. As far as produce, I think there are going to be some games where he drops three hundred, four hundred yards, and a few touchdowns. So I mean, but the thing is, is do you really, if you have patience, do you want to keep him as a, on a roster spot? Like he plays Green Bay, the Chiefs, and then he plays Atlanta. So. Do you wait for Godwin to come back uh, when Evans serves a suspension? You know, you have Gage and you have Julio Jones. What are you getting out of all that? The thing is, the, the most important thing that we have to remember here is for fantasy, not great, but they're 2-0. And they looked really good defensively. So I don't think necessarily – I think Tom Brady just really wants to win. So I don't think that he's going to be upset if – I'm sure he's not, you know, thrilled about his performance so far. But I do also think that he knows in the back of his mind, okay, once I get these guys back, I'm going to be playing a lot better. But we're still 2-0, and and his ultimate goal is just to win a championship. Real quick, uh, without I don't want you looking at the stats. Just go off gut. Mm-hmm. You tell me which quarterback you'd rather have, uh, Tua or Tom? Well, for fantasy purposes. Fantasy, we're talking fantasy. This is a fantasy football show. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that Tua dropped like – 38 points or something like that last uh, this past mm-hmm. Sunday. And I think the first week he probably had like, you know, 15 to 20 points. You're in the championship next week and you have to pick between Tua or Tom. Who you See, It's all depending on matchup for me, but I'll just pick I, one. I'd probably pick Tua just because I think that his receivers will give me the points. I don't think it has to do anything with like ability for each one, but I, I am so high on those two wide receivers because I really do think you could throw a five-yard pass, and it ends up being a 60-yard touchdown. Okay, rapid fire. Wentz or Tom? Okay, now this is a good one. 
I would take. I would take Carson Wentz. Jared Goff. I would take Goff. Ryan Tannehill. I would take Brady. Hand on my Ryan Tannehill right now is averaging nineteen points. Yeah, see, I I don't even care. I think Ryan Tannehill it might get he's gonna get benched halfway through the season. I think Malik Willis, their their quarterback, their backup quarterback, is a far more dynamic player. And if they're already struggling out the gates and they ended up two and six halfway through, goodbye Tannehill. Let's just see what the rookies got. I I think the whole point I wanted to make was if you have them on your bench, there's still plenty of options still in free agency for sure for I, fantasy I agree purposes. With that. Yeah. My last one. How about them boys? And more importantly, how about Ezekiel Elliott? Worst running back in football. Woof. What worst running back in football? What do you do? What do you do if you have him? Who you who have is- to keep him on your team though. That's, you do. You, I think you have to just have a bench spot for him. Running backs are so hard to find off waivers that I feel like even if he, even if he's giving you, he's legit giving you five points a game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a joke either. If you listen to this and you're like, oh, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, he's probably having like 10, 15 points, five points a game. Both performances the last two weeks, five points. Let me say that one more time. Five fantasy points. Um, I think you just have to keep him on the bench and then hope that by the time the buys come, he's playing much better football because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I am at a loss as when it comes to this because he was a top five pick the last, what, three or four years? Yep. Some years he was a top three pick or a top two pick. Besides um, the year that he was uh, coming off suspension. Yeah, like – this year he was drafted in the third round, I believe, in our league. Yeah. Uh, fourth I think he was round. before. He was probably oh. in that. Where was he? he in that Brace Hall range? Hold on a second. I can't find him. He was drafted in the fifth round this year. Good Lord. Um, yeah, I I think you just have him on your bench. You, you let him just sit there. I don't get why he's getting projected 12 points every week. Like I think it's a name. It's the name, but it's also the opponent. They're playing the Giants. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a very strange situation. Tony Pollard, by far, is the most dynamic running back in that in that backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zeke Elliott, how many carries has he gotten? He's gotten 10 carries the first week and then only 15 the second week. So he doesn't catch the ball anymore out of the backfield. They don't. They have a quarterback situation to where they really don't move the ball down the field that, that well. And especially in the red zone, inside the five yard line, um, but he is just not that guy. We we've been talking. This was the theme of this episode. I feel like was talking about running backs that can score you those touchdowns inside the five yard line. He used to be that guy where you're like, oh yeah, Zeke's lining up. This is an easy touchdown. And I will say they had a far better offensive line in the last few years than they do this year, uh, missing their left tackle Tyron Smith the rest of the season. Um, and I don't even know who their right tackle is, but they lost him to the Bengals, that guy that had that quote. So Little you know, Collins. Little Collins, yeah. So you have a couple guys that are, you know, brand new and they've tried to use draft picks on them, but they're they're not as good as they used to be. Um, but I yeah, I don't know. 
what you if do. you were in a, if you were if you had a team that you were a star for running backs and you had Tony Pollard and you had Zeke on the same team, mm-hmm. there's no shot you should be starting uh, Zeke over Tony Pollard. You'd see we were just talking about touchdown. Tony Pollard had a touchdown in this last game. Yeah, because he can do both. He can yeah. get you the catching and and uh, rushing touchdowns. And He's Trey started him he, last year or last week. Yeah. And he had 17 points. He's just a threat from anywhere on the field. And I think going forward, we're, sl- I mean, uptick in numbers in terms of uh, carry rate, uh, Cincinnati, uh, against the game, against Cincinnati, they were in uh-huh. a way better game strip uh, so that he wasn't phased out as quickly as he was in the Tampa Bay game. But um, Zeke, in terms of receiving, he's at negative seven yards on two catches this year. <laughs> That is not good. Yeah, he's just bad this year. <laughs> that is, that is not so good. Bad. Like, I don't get it. Tony Pollard is projected 9.8. Like, how can you do projections and have Zeke project out-project Tony Pollard when it's very clear who gets, like, who just has more of a, like, the projection, who has, like, a higher ceiling, who has, you know, who can do both things, so... That's why I don't buy into the projections. Projections are trash. Is Tony Pollard the best? Because we have so many situations throughout the NFL where we have uh, backup running backs pressing. Yeah, is he the best? I think AJ Dillon is number one. Um, Okay, but I think Tony P is. Yeah, I think Tony P is number two. Well, the question I wanted to ask was that I feel like in the I feel like for AJ Dillon. We talked about with uh, with Aaron Jones, that whole dynamic is that there's enough to eat for both of them. They're both going to produce. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at teams like, like let's look at uh, Jaguars with mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, where there's still a little bit of a battle there. I don't think there's enough offense where there can be two running backs that can produce. Mm-hmm. Do you, like, let's dive at those situations is Tony Pollard the best in a situation where I don't think both of them can, I don't think Tony Pollard and Zeke can produce for the Cowboys. I think one of them has to take over the lion's share because I think that offense is kind of limited. Um, I think right now they both can. I think they okay. both can. I don't, yeah, I don't, that's crazy. I don't think when Dak returns, I don't think you can really like play too necessarily only because I think they'll throw the ball a lot more. Um, yeah. Dak returned, but I think right now you should be giving them each like 12 to 15 carries. Like you should be okay. running the ball a lot more. It all depends on like situations. Like it all depends on what the game is. I'm not having Cooper rush, throw the ball 30, 35 times a game. Yeah. I'm, I'm having someone that you invested a lot of money in and Zeke, he's got to have to prove himself that he's worth that. And so it's just, unless it's just a waste of a roster spot on the team, if he's only running the ball, 10 times right tony Mm -hmm. pollard he probably is your most dynamic offensive weapon you got to get him in the game so whether that's rushing the ball or you have zeke in the backfield as well while tony's you know you know lined up on the side of cooper rush and you can have that split back offense to where you have both guys in at the same time i think you can do that i think they can run it they can do it similar to what the packers do um and the cowboys have a better you know they have more weapons than the packers do as far as wide receivers cd i mean even noah brown looked really good last week um, he had a touchdown. I think he had like 90 yards, something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I do think you can use those two and you can split time. I don't think it's necessarily a situation like Jacksonville. Cause for instance, like James Robinson has had like one and a half really good years. Um, but Zeke has had years of like proving it and being a top running back. 
And Tony Pollard over the last few years has shown that he's a dynamic player. They just need to give him more touches. Travis Etienne has not shown anything. So I, I do think this is a little bit different situation. Um, so, but it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting to see, do you, do you just you go back to the well to a guy that's like, you know, been a big part of your offense for so many years, but it's kind of sad seeing him just kind of like deteriorate. Yeah. You, you touch on Russ and then we're talking about Zeke right now. Both of those guys are on Phillips' team. Uh-huh. We're getting into the time of the year where if you have guys, expendable players, or you don't, you're not happy with your team, that you start exploring trades. Uh-huh. If Phillips were to explore a trade, um, and if the team was interested, would you be more likely to move Russ or Zeke? I don't know if you can get anything for either of them, to be honest. Really? Okay, you I, don't I think, think there's a, think you don't you think there's a manager to... out there. You don't no, think there's a manager there's out there that anyone uh, out there that can okay. that would take either of those players and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know I I upgraded in in a place because I don't mm-hmm. think Zeke is someone that you're gonna go after. He's not one of those to me that's like starts the year off slow like Dalvin Cook, right? We talk about guys that have started off slow and then you like trade for them because you think they're gonna turn it around and then they possibly can. I don't know if Zeke's gonna get back to what he used to be at all like i don't think there are going to be many games to where he has 15 20 fantasy points i think he is someone that you can possibly have on the bench and then for bye week purposes you can fill in but i don't see him as someone you can depend upon 15 20 points a game russ i i don't see him as like a legit starting quarterback option in fantasy football perhaps like if you have a good roster but you need a quarterback I could see maybe like Phil. Phil just lost Trey Lance. Maybe he goes after Russ, but I guarantee you Phil's going to hit the waiver wire and try to pick up somebody else like a Tua or a Derek Carr. Or um, I hope he doesn't pick up Jimmy G because I don't think that's really going to be an upgrade. Um, I mean, it's going to be an upgrade over Trey Lance right now, but you know. He's going to get Jared Goff. You think? I I don't know. There's Carson Wentz out there. Um, I mean, after that, there's, yeah, Jared Goff is down there. but yeah, I think there are some good options in the waiver wire um, that are better than than Russ right now. Yeah, I I wanted to ask a question on on Elliot because I know that there's some manager out there that may see that upside. So I just and I just Derek Henry know. starting off slow. I don't think you. I don't. I don't think it's going to continue. Something's going to break through, but. I don't, yeah, specifically because I, I don't think he has a third running back. Or I guess he does Travis, not. Travis Etienne. So I don't know. Like you do, you, I think you wait. I think you wait a little bit and see. He didn't really spend a lot of draft capital on him. He he picked him in the fifth round. So that's not like anything crazy. That's not a reach. It's not like he's you know picked him in the third round or something like that. And then you're like, oh shit, he's definitely not worth a third round pick. I need to find you know something to to help me out. Um, I think there are definitely other problems with Phillips's roster um, besides the the running backs on them. So I would, uh, you know, try to figure out maybe perhaps some of those wide receivers as far as, um, yeah, I, I think in general, you kind of keep what you have right now. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Zeke. The guy, the guy's done eating pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. What a fall from grace from everyone using that gif of him, you know, eating that cereal up 